Listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts Dylan and BC from the Potter Than Hell Podcast. Welcome, Potter Than Hell. Wait a second. This isn't the Potter Than Hell lair. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Growing Up Rock Podcast. This is your permanent host for now, Dylan Wright. And I'm joined, as always, for now, by... BC. BC. Okay, BC. We're taking over. (laughs) We're taking over this place. Taking over for the day. Um, In case you're wondering, where the hell are Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pony. Well, they're over on the Potter Than Hell feed today. April Fools, mother truckers. It's <laughs> it's the Potter Than Hell takeover of Grown Up Rock. And, hey, if you want to hear Grown Up Rock podcast hosts, head on over to our feed on the Potter Than Hell podcast, and you'll be able to hear the dulcet tones of Sonny and Steven. Me see. We're, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about some uh, Paul Stanley... Uh, 1978 soul album and okay. uh, his uh, partner in crime, I guess you could say, uh, Gene Simmons' 1978 soul album. Okay, so we're getting the 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 best two members of the band, the oh, ones the that band. are currently still in the, the band. band. <laughs> <laughs> so, in in general, what do you think of the solo albums? If you had to rank them, what would you go? Uh, back in the day, and. I only got two of the solo albums, believe it or not. Oh, okay. And so Kiss People might not be down with me, but uh, <laughs> I was an Ace Freely and Paul Stanley guy, and uh, even to this very day, they're my top two favorite. Okay. And then uh, Gene would be third, and, of course, Peter down, yeah. carrying out the, the tail end. I would say those are probably the most common rankings, because the Paul and Ace albums are generally considered the best out of the, yes. the four. <laughs> and then Gene and Peter's. Peter's is usually considered the worst. <laughs> Uh, I think it like uh, it's so different than that's that's very true, that's very than true. What Kiss was doing at the time, <laughs> he's an old soul. Uh, <laughs> he grew up with the uh, you know doo-wop bands and fifties uh, mm-hmm. swing time type of stuff. Definitely, definitely a different type. Yeah, but hey, we don't have to talk about the Peter Chris. That's our other co-hosts. They get to <laughs> they get to deal with that uh, garbage trash can fire. They get to deal with the Catman. Uh, but I think it's time. For the word of the day, and the word of the day, BC is dictator. Dictator. <laughs> <laughs> According to Webster's New World Dictionary and Thesaurus, a dictator is described as one who dictates, especially a ruler or tyrant with absolute power. Now, the reason we picked this as the word of the day are because Paul Staley and Gene Simmons are the, are dictators, the dictators of, of Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> well, what do you think of that, BC? Uh, that that term definitely fits. Uh, Especially, I think Gene Simmons, mm-hmm. but uh, and Paul too, because like I said, they're the only two original guys still in uh, the current Kiss. Yeah, and they they call the shots. Absolutely. It's I mean, not to take away from anybody else in the band, but they're they're hired guns, and mm-hmm. I don't blame the guys for doing it. Yeah, sweet gig. It's it's their it's their show. the The two S's in Kiss stand for Stanley and Simmons, <laughs> um, and then the the K and the I stand for something else. I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead in this. <laughs> In this uh, anagram. Let's not worry about that, right? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's get into this. But first, a word from Samantha. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word. G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Okay, this week's uh, Crank Me Up uh, is going to be uh, Bullet Boys from their self-debut album with the song Crank Me Up. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. 
Now, I have another pick as well. It's from Coheed and Cambria because I cannot stop talking about them. <laughs> Welcome Home from Good Apollo on Burning Star for a really long album title. I butchered it. Uh, it definitely starts with Good Apollo on Burning. <laughs> great song. They're both great songs to crank it up. We won't be playing them because we have so much to talk about today. I think we should. I think we should get into it. BC, what is the first song we're going to be talking about on today's Grown Up Rock? Podcast? We're going to be talking about uh, off of Paul Stanley's solo album uh, "Tonight You Belong to Me," which is the first track off the album. So, why did you pick this track, BC? Back in that day, I mean, Paul Stanley is like I was always an Ace and Paul guy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just I love the way it kicks off, it starts the album out. And it's to me, it's and a lot of other people have uh, mentioned that it's the most Kiss like okay. of the solo albums, which I, I think Ace and Paws are probably mo- most Kiss like. Mm-hmm. And then Gene and of course Peter finishes off. And nothing against that; it's just it, he was influenced by uh, different influences than say the rest of the band. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a great first pick. It, it's a really it starts off slow album opener, but it builds to this up and awesome and crescendo. And it kicks in. And <laughs> Well, hey, let's not leave the listeners hanging. Here it is, the first track off of Paul Stanley's 1978 solo album, Tonight You Belong to Me.
Okay, that was the first track uh, off of the Paul Stanley solo album, the first pick for this week's episode from BC. Uh, now we're going to shift over to his partner in crime, Gene Simmons. Uh, the song that I picked first for Gene Simmons is a See You in Your Dreams. This was a song that was originally done on the Rock and Roll Over album. Rock and Roll Over. Uh, I like this version a little better, I think. It has a little more pep to it. I love the background vocals of it. It has Rick Nielsen on guitar, which is phenomenal. You can't go wrong with that cheap trick guitarist. Uh, BC, what do you think of it? I agree with you. I like this is uh, like you were you heard the one from Rock and Roll Over for how many? And then this came out and it's like different. And yeah. I don't know. As a music fan, I want to hear, even if it's going to be the same song, something different about it. An updated version, I guess you could say. That's Yeah, I think that's probably the best word you could use to describe Gene's solo album is different. It's eclectic. It's a hodgepodge of his different influences. You have a Disney song cover at the very end that you guys heard at the top of the episode. And you have uh, redos of Kiss songs and some other songs and a weird... Gregorian choir chant with the Devil's Triad thrown in there. You don't know what you're going to get with this album. No, no, it's, it's all over the place there. So. This is definitely, uh, along with another track that we'll be talking about, the closest I think you get to Kiss. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, partially because this was a Kiss song. <laughs> but uh, let's let's play it right now. See you in your dreams off of the Gene Simmons 78 solo album. <laughs> There it went. There BC. It <laughs> What's the next song we're going to be talking about? Okay, we're going to go back to Paul Stanley with the, uh, my second track. It's going to be Wouldn't You Like to Know Me? Okay. Which, I mean, hell, back in the day, who would have liked to know Paul Stanley? <laughs> I mean, as a Kiss fan, you want to meet everybody. Yeah. But, uh, this album is just keeping the beat, stay true to rock and roll, I think. Yeah. And uh, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me? And it just continues where uh, tonight you belong to me is I in my book. I think so. It has a, a chipper feel to it. It's very upbeat. It's it's definitely Paul Stanley through and through. And I, I guess, I mean, uh, it was Paul. And uh, this is one of the only solos that 
it's all Paul's music. Yeah. And uh, Bob Kulik on guitar, which is, I think, a major plus. Absolutely. Uh, And it's crazy to think that when Bob Kulik was trying out for Kiss, Ace Freely walked in with his two-colored sneakers (laughs) and uh, just kind of wrecked wrecked the, the audition for him. Do you think if Ace was maybe 20 minutes late that Bob may have gotten the gig... That what do you is, think? That is very interesting. And, I mean, would uh, Bob Kulik still be in the band today? I feel like he would definitely last longer than Ace. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, and, I agree at the end that. And I don't know. Maybe he, uh, Peter would, too, because maybe having Ace taken out as as a, a party buddy would, would maybe make him go keep, to straight and narrow. Keep Peter more focused. Or it might even usher out his, his exit even faster if... He's the only one that's doing things off off the, the off beaten the path. Hey. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But I would think he would definitely last. Yeah. Where Ace did not. I, I think so too. And I really wish that I went on the Kiss Cruise to see the Kulik brothers play because that's a that's a talented family right there. And the videos I've seen, that was a great show. Yeah. Uh, one of our other co hosts has uh, has seen the Kulik brothers play on the Kiss Cruise. Uh, Stephen Wright, you can almost say that he he's the the master of the podcast, the the dictator, if you will, of, <laughs> of the Potter Than Hell podcast. I think we've left the people in suspense long enough. Let's get off the next cut from Paul Stanley's '78 solo album. Wouldn't you like to know me? Was wouldn't you like to know me? It's a, it's a great song. It really is. I, I honestly really thought that was a great pick, BC. I, I mean, I love. I mean, pause voices right on. Yeah. I mean, 
can't say the same today, but no. Okay, <laughs> let's not let's not <laughs> let's, let's, let's not alienate the the viewers on somebody else's or the listeners on somebody else's podcast before they even get to ours. So we're going with, back to Gene's solo album. I know that uh, a lot of times people look at Gene's solo album and find that it's not really uh, accessible. I'll say. Because there's a, there's a lot of different musical stylings happening that yes. may not mesh together. It definitely, in my opinion, it was definitely a different. Yeah. Because uh, back in the time, like I said, I got Ace and Paws, and then like some friends I was hanging out at the time, they they picked up the other ones, and I kind of listened to them from them, and it's kind of like, eh. yeah. It didn't draw me in like I gotta get this. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like, there was some that was good, and then there was some that was. Out there, yeah. <laughs> so to say. Uh, well, this next song that I decided to pick from the the Gene solo album uh, was "Living in Sin." I love the chorus of this song. That's what for me makes the song. I love the the background vocals featuring a very young Katie Segal, who went on to star in Married with Children, Sons of Anarchy. She's the mother of Jake Peralta on Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a show that I've been trying to get my family into, but nobody nobody's taking it. <laughs> Uh, she, she's, she. You could, I, I think I could hear her. I don't know if it's my imagination, but I think I could hear her voice in the background of this song. Uh, another thing I really like is the almost hooked on a feeling by Blue Suede, like Uga Chaka, like in the background of the second chorus. That's really interesting, but uh, it has that Gene Simmons sleaze to it, like the phone call in the middle from the the fans. Because is this is this actually Gene Simmons? Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. It's really really fun to listen to, but uh. Yeah, I agree. It, it has a different feel to not yeah. as bad as some of the songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean bad, but not as different as some of the songs. But yeah. a little bit different than, say, a straight-ahead yeah. Kiss song would have. It's and, it's almost like a Kiss song took a left turn. And and I read somewhere where Bob Seger is even yeah. backing vocals in some of the songs. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is one of them. I, th- I think uh, Radioactive is the other one I want Radioactive to say. Radioactive and uh, in Living in Sin. Uh, and I love the the piano as well. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I'm a sucker for John T. Piano. I love it in. Uh, I think it's the best at in uh, Nothing to Lose. I okay. love. I love like a good rock and roll piano, like a Jerry Lee Lewis type to rock and instrumental. And it's a uh, it's really good. Um, and you can't beat the the rhyme of living in sin at the Holiday Inn. Living in sin at the Holiday Inn. I'm surprised they didn't use that in their their commercials. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a that's an opportunity wasted. Yeah, I'm surprised like. Gene Simmons did not capitalize on yeah. Holiday tying Inn. it in with the Holiday Gene Inn. Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> and I'm staring at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> I'm living in sin at the Holiday Inn. Uh, but hey, let's, uh, let's let the listeners laugh along while they're listening to the living second sin. cut off of Gene Simmons' 78 solo album, Living in Sin.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Okay, so you heard Living in Sin, and you also heard Samantha urging you to subscribe to the Growing Up Rock podcast, and we absolutely cannot agree more. Cannot agree more with Samantha. These are these are talented individuals uh, talking to you about their, their music that they grew up with and, and, and love and have love. passion for. Yeah, passion. That's the word, I think. Uh, we've had them on our podcast many a times. And honestly, I'm always surprised by the picks that they, they come up with because there's oh, yeah, there's yes. stuff that, that come out of nowhere. I know you and Sonny <laughs> first bonded over Cry Wolf. Cry Wolf, yes. That was, I remember he said that on, on the first episode that he was on, and you almost fainted. I did, because I thought I was the only person in the United States and probably the world that knew of Cry Wolf. It's, it, it's crazy that they're able to pull some of these songs out of the air. Yeah, He's he seen them how many times? I was yeah. Like, oh. I was like, oh. It, it, it's crazy, because Sonny uh, in the San Fran area has seen so many bands that were just like... would love to see. In the, in the settings that he saw, like yeah. Y&T in a club, I mean, oh. He's like, I've seen Y&T a thousand times. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> a thousand oh, times. we saw them like three times. <laughs> like cheeseburgers with them, man. It's like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me and Dave, man. Dave are uh, <laughs> drinking buddies. Drinking no. buddies. Yeah, but uh, they, they are a truly... Uh, sc- I mean, you, you all know this. You've listened to the podcast. But... Speaking of drinking buddies, uh, if you head on over to the Potter Than Hell podcast, the, you'll you'll see some drinking buddies. Uh, our podcast has been described as like a group of friends sit down over a couple or maybe more than a couple beers to, to talk about the music they love. Two, and three, four, six, eight, twelve. Yeah, it's it's quite the podcast. We have some amazing topics that we go over. Uh, we talk about albums we love, but we also talk about sometimes albums we hate. We hate. Uh, which are really fun episodes, <laughs> especially when we're all drunk. Uh, <laughs> I, I love doing the the best of the, the worst of the best, where the, we picked the worst albums from our favorite artists. That, that was, was fun. That was fun. Uh, listening it was to, fun and painful. Oh, yeah. It's fun and educational. <laughs> and educational and painful. <laughs> Uh, but if you uh, if you want if you like what you're hearing from from me and BC or from Steve and and BB in the companion episode to this, head on over to our podcast feed. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, anywhere you have podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podchaser. Uh, Podchaser yeah, give us a review uh, if you like us. If you don't like us, but don't worry, Sonny and Steven will be back next week or even sooner, depending on when this episode comes out. And uh, you could even find them back over at our podcast as well. So hopefully we give you guys some some new podcasts to listen to. If not, at least you could laugh at how terrible we are. (laughs) Okay, uh, we are on to the Kiss Historic Moment.
It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. Okay, thanks, Samantha. So, our Kiss Historic Moment. Uh, out of all of the solo albums, which one do you think sold the highest, BC? If it was my book, I would say Paul Stanley, but probably not. It was not. Uh, it oh. was, in fact, Gene Simmons. Really? Uh, Gene sold the highest out of any of the other solo albums. Though he did not chart the highest, that was actually Ace Freely with New York Groove. Um, that was the single off of Ace's album, and I think Peter had two singles that nobody gave a shit about. <laughs> And uh, Paul, I can't remember what song Paul had a single for. Uh, uh, it was uh, Hold Me, Touch Me. Hold Me, Touch Me. Which, which... is a, a great scene from the producers uh, <laughs> where one of the, the backers for <laughs> Max Bialystok's uh, plays is called Hold Me, Touch Me. But Hold anyways, that's me, not that what it's about. Right. I honestly like Gene's single the best. And in fact, that was your pick for Gene's uh, solo album, correct? Yes, it was uh, number three, uh, Radioactive. You're my food, I mean, you're my water. You're my food. You got to be the devil's you daughter. You got to be the devil's daughter. <laughs> I mean, to me, this is probably the most Kiss-like song compared, not counting the Kiss song that's on there. Yes. And uh, it features uh, Bob Seger on backing vocals again and Joe Perry on guitar. I, I was floored when I saw that Joe Perry I did. I was surprised by that, too. Uh, it's one of the two songs from Gene's solo album that was played in Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park. And I remember it vividly. Like I get, there's like a, like a, a low angle of Gene stomping around uh, as Radioactive plays. And uh, I think the other one was Man of a Thousand Faces that was played in the movie. Uh, but it was also played on Kiss Cruise Seven, uh, which was quite a surprise for everybody on the boat because it's a, it's it is like you said, it's the most Kiss like of all the the songs. And let me tell you, I remember when I was. 10 years old maybe 11 12 i put on this solo cd and uh you hear the <laughs> and then all of a sudden the scariest piece of music i've ever heard in my life starts playing i i'm like crawling under the bed trying to hide <laughs> from these demons that are coming down to sanctum sanctum and i'm like oh my god what is happening what and then the, the song kicks in and i'm like oh this is a really good song <laughs> uh, but uh, it's really weird because the copy that I had, the CD copy, it split up Radioactive and Burning Up With Fever wrong. Like, it had maybe the first 30 seconds of the Radioactive intro, and then the last part, plus Burning Up With Fever, was lo looped into one Burning Up With Fever track on iTunes. Yeah. I don't know why that CD had it like that. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't programmed right, though. And I always found that funny because I always thought that the good part of Radioactive was burning up with fever. Ah, okay. But uh, it's not. <laughs> uh, but hey, let's let the listeners listen to the first track, but our last Gene track, off of his solo album, Radioactive. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, so on to our final song. Uh, this was my pick from Paul Stanley's solo album. I remember we were doing an episode on the Potter Than Hell podcast where we were picking our favorite Paul Stanley songs from the Kiss catalog. And I decided I'm going to listen to Paul Stanley's solo album. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. You know, I've heard a bunch of it because my dad's a huge Kiss fan, and that's how I got into Kiss was from hearing him say it all the like, listen over to it all the time. And I was listening to the tracks, and I came up to this track, Love and Chains, and I was blown away by how in-your-face of a track it is and how good the guitar work on it is. I was going to say, the way the guitar... Yeah. When it kicks in right from the beginning and from there on. And, and to me, the chorus, like... It's so catchy. And I love the, the little drum, like... It's, it's, it's such a, a catchy different song for Paul Stanley to do, mm -hmm. but still staying within the Kiss oeuvre. Yeah. Because Paul Stanley... I, I like to think that Paul Stanley has shaped Kiss the most. Uh, because the typical Kiss song is a Paul Stanley song. And a Gene song is like the darker... Darker, you know, yes. Like a God of Thunder or uh, Unholy. Whereas the Paul song is like Detroit Rock City. More, up, more upbeat, more... Yeah. Like rock, just more rock and roll, women, yeah. <laughs> where Paul was always more the demon, the deeper. Yeah, Gene. Gene was always. Gene. More. <laughs> I'll be right. But uh, this is the the last track we're going to be talking about tonight. Here it is for you folks, the last track off of Paul Stanley's 1978 solo album, Love in Chains.
Okay, BC. That was that was the the Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons solo albums. Now we didn't talk about Ace or Peter, but I thought it would be cool to to maybe discuss one or two tracks off of each that we enjoyed. Well, what are some tracks you enjoyed off of Aces? So uh, we'll start with the good one. Still good. Uh, I, I, it's all good. I think. I mean, I love the way it starts out ripping out because just I love the the drums in it. it. <laughs> You wanted it. So in uh, Snowblind, I was a Snow fan Blind. of Snowblind, and uh, I mean, there are two of the tracks that stand out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it all. I yeah. mean, probably the least favorite for me would probably be New York Groove, maybe because okay. maybe because it's just you hear it six million times. Here I am again in the city <laughs> with a fistful of dollars, <laughs> baby. You better believe. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with Snowblind. I love how it kicks in randomly after the second chorus. Like, it just picks up the tempo just for a little bit, for a nice little solo part, then it goes back into the... Although I have to say, the last time I heard that song live, I was very disappointed because we saw Ace Freely at our local venue, the FM Kirby Center. And I don't know if anybody out there knows, this was the show that Ace was hospitalized after for dehydration. So he didn't do an encore. He, but, went, off, he went off and never came back. <laughs> but uh, every uh, every other song, uh, Snowblind was one of them, Rocket Ride, he would slow it down to a funeral dirge tempo. Like, uh, for Rocket Ride, it was like, baby wants a ride, baby, he wants a rocket ride. ride. It was noticeably slower. And this was before he got the the awesome backing band that Gene Simmons had. This was back when he had Richie Scarlet and uh, everybody else. And and he, he snow blind was so slow. And I was like, oh, come on, you're ruining such a good song. But uh, I won't let that ruin the song for me. Uh, okay, uh, let's. Do you have any tracks off of Peter's that you like? I'm going to be honest. Uh, not really. I mean, no? nothing really grabs me okay. out of the, you know, like that I would say, this is two tracks that I love. Okay. I haven't really listened I gotta, to. I've got to be honest. Yeah, no, I understand. I haven't really listened to Peter's myself. I do like the song "Tossing and Turning." It's not bad. Uh, I I know it's a it's a cover, uh, but I I enjoy I enjoy that song. So I will I will say that that's probably my pick from there. Cool. But hey, uh, if you really want to know some good picks from Peter's solo album, check out our companions over on the other episode for this uh, this block of episodes. Steve, my dad, and, and uh, BB. BB talking about the Ace and Peter solo albums. Especially Peter. The the party boys of... And I would say that they are the party boys of the... Part, no, you're the party boy of the, the Part of the Hell podcast. Wow. <laughs> I can label it again. But, uh, but yeah. The, Peter was definitely one of the party boys of Kiss back in the day. Oh, absolutely. I, saying, but, uh, I think I think that's, that's it for us right now. I think we've run out of... Uh, things to say about the albums we we probably haven't but we want to make sure that we're not alienating people by going on a two hour ramp yeah we're going to save this for some other time absolutely in another place yeah check us out on the Potter Than Hell podcast if you like what you hear uh, if you don't like what you hear check us out anyway check us out and tell us what you think we have some funny <laughs> things we we uh, you know bust each other quite a bit uh, there's a lot of making fun of if you really like the band Lizzie Borden this is the podcast <laughs> to listen to because BC always finds a way to mention Lizzie Borden. Got to stick it in when I can. By hook or by crook, we will be talking about Lizzie Borden for every episode. Uh, (laughs) But also, make sure you subscribe to the Grown Up Rock podcast. They are so good at what they do. And honestly, I... Two of the greatest guys. Yeah, I love when we have them on the podcast. It's always fun time. They always bring something new and something cool to the topic at hand. Yeah, because... Steve will always bust Steve. <laughs> yeah, Stephen. Stephen is the Steve. best person to take down our Steve. Our Steve. Uh, it's so funny to hear him take him to task. Oh yeah. Uh, because despite Steve, our Steve being the the head of the podcast, he always finds a way to bend and break the rules that we set forward. Oh yeah. And Stephen doesn't let him get away with it. No, he, no, he calls him out every chance. He wags he his finger and, and takes out his clipboard and <laughs> checks off the. <laughs> But anyways, uh, I think it's time for uh, for our last part. What is it, BC? Okay, we're going to close out the episode with uh, our next uh, section of the Shuffle, Rattle, and Roll. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. 
gentleman I have a story to tell you of one slow that guy with a girl came down the street to break this man's heart. Oh Lord, I think I deserve a little better than this. I think I've earned it, so I'll just keep on this song and hope you follow. Turn me over, roll me round to find the truth that it all won't It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 